Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae with me as usual. And Leela, let's go ahead and knock out the one high school sports note we have for this week. Uh, and it's probably bad news if you're a high school basketball fan, but the Rock the Ribbon Tournament has been canceled for this year. Um, I guess, you know, I was talking to you right before we started recording, Leland, that I was kind of like, yeah, I was, I didn't see this announcement, um, but I had thought when they kept, like, promoting, like, oh, these are the teams in the Rock the Ribbon this year, I was like, oh, okay, we're we're doing this, um, okay, because it kind of seemed like, when, when you're looking at the football schedules and how condensed they have to be, and yeah, we're, we're playing district games, and one non-district game, and I think everyone in this area's non-district game is fairly close except for Riverheads has to play Taswell. Um, but otherwise you're, you're in a pretty confined area talking about the rock, the ribbon tournament where you have teams from all over the state coming in. That was even one of those things. States, yeah. And stuff, traditionally. Yeah. It was, that's one of those things where you're looking at and you're like, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah. they, they've made the announcement today that they're going to put it off for this year and reschedule that in 2022. And that's kind of one of my general things with all this stuff this year, you know, since March. I, I really don't have people problem with people planning things or, or looking at how things can set up or trying to, you know, you can't know it's not going to work until you see what's going to take to make it work. So, like, I, I don't have any fault in them saying we're trying, you know, these are the teams that are interested in coming or and this is who we got signed up. But I, I do think it's wise of them just go ahead and cut the cord now and just, you know, it isn't likely that, things are going to be dramatically better at that time. And even if they are, it's going to be so short notice of you knowing that. So just get it out of the way, make plans for next year, probably try to lock those same teams in and, and you know, reward those teams that are already committed to you. So, uh, you know, we get some local teams down in that, and that's, a, you know, a good opportunity for them to play some different teams in that. And, uh, you know, some rivalries with, like, uh, Stanton High School and, and Martinsville down there getting to play each other some. And I know draft usually gets down in there. And, um, yeah, it was going to be interesting, but I, I think it's probably the right call. Yeah, I think so too. And um obviously a a bummer for those kids that wanted to play in that tournament, but um you know. Yeah, and it's for a good cause too. I mean, it's right. hard to argue, you know, what what they're trying to do there. So it's a shame they can't get the money for that uh for the cancer and everything. Um but, you know, maybe, maybe there's some other ways to to raise money uh other ways this year and then get back at it next year maybe people be even more excited to go down there and watch it. Right. Uh, moving on now to the college sports, uh, college football. Uh, well, let's start with the one that we care about. Um, <laughs> Virginia <laughs> Tech. Virginia Tech in the season opener uh, went out, pounded NC State. This week they had a few more players back. The bad news was their entire secondary, uh, starting secondary, was out with COVID or COVID-related or just not available. Uh, but... Um, I didn't have a problem with the secondary really in this game. It wasn't the secondary that bothered me. It was kind of the entire first half. And then even into the second half, a little bit outside of the rushing game. Uh, the rushing game was great. Khalil Herbert's fantastic. Um, but Burmeister is just not, I, I said this at the beginning of the year. I didn't love the idea of him, of him splitting time with Hendon hooker. Um, and last week was kind of a reason why. I just don't think he is a power five quarterback, at least power five for a team that has the ambitions of competing 
to get into a conference championship game. I, I just 36% passing is not going to get it done. He's he had one interception. He also had a fumble late in the game that I was terrified was going to cost us the game. Um, it, it, he's lucky he didn't have two picks. It's only because the defensive back just dropped it. I mean, it was a it was a golden interception, and both both would have been just horrendous throws. I mean, his pick was in between two wide receivers, and the place where it landed was five yards away from either one. So yeah, kind of looked like kind of might have just slid, slid out the top of his hand there. He, he didn't come down through with it. Um, on yeah, the one I, I just, yeah. Okay. Well, and I guess the other, you know, what 65% that weren't completions were just him just not being good. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think if Hinden hooker's not available and that's why Burmeister played the whole game against Duke. Okay. That's fine. If you're using hooker as a decoy. Okay. That's fine. It's just when hookers available, do not split time. This whole, like, well, we still may split time. No, I've seen enough from Burmeister. I know what Hinden Hooker is. I know he is one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. Play him. You don't see Bill yeah. Belichick saying, we might we might sit Cam Newton for fun. We might split time with Cam Newton, even though he's by far our best player at that position. We might We might put the other guy in just to see what happens because wasting possessions is fun. I... I want to see Hooker. I, I, I'm in, in all of our conversation, including Saturday. I, I'm, I want to see Hooker on the field. I thought he did a great job last year. I think he's earned the right to be the starter. Period. So I'm not really arguing with on that, and that's the only reason I'm not going to say more to that point because it's just reiterating what you've already said. I, I I'll keep Burmeister ready because in this season you never know what's going to happen. I love that we're three deep at quarterback. That we can find something to do with all three of these guys and. If, if we lose Hooker to an injury, I would be very interested in seeing a two-quarterback system then with Quincy and him involved yeah. because they're two different kinds of runners. And we're going to be running at quarterback a lot if we have those guys as our quarterback. So keep him ready and all that. But let's get Hooker in there and give him some room to run and 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 hopefully not having him look over his shoulder at getting Burmeister back in there because Burmeister is just not as strong a thrower um, or as accurate a thrower is probably the better word because he can throw the ball down the field. He's actually he has a decent deep ball. It's just these intermittent passes are just not what they need to be, and they're not accurate enough. I like what he's able to do with his legs. I like what that can do for our offense. But I think, you know, they keep saying that he's the better runner. I think Hooker runs pretty well and runs well enough to still provide that dynamic and then go with his better arm and his better accuracy. I just think it's the better decision, and that's. You know, that's not just saying what we think happened in the spring, in which they didn't have spring practice, or what was happening in August. We've seen it on the field in ACC play, where we've won a bunch of games with Hooker as our quarterback. So, I want to see. I want to see Hooker. Um, I'm, you know, I, I Burmeister still got a couple years around the program, so if he can get better throwing, fine. But let, let's. I, I want to get Hooker in there and see what we can do. I don't see how, with the offensive effort that we've put out in the two games so far, how we could win this game against UNC with, with it as is. So it's, we got to have an increase. We need a little shake up hooker being in there. Hopefully he can get practice all week and be ready. I really think that's what kept him out last week. He just wasn't prepared. I think he was available. Like we've lost Burmeister to injury. Maybe also Quincy's banged up. Like, I don't know what kind of dynamic that would have been, but okay. He's physically able to play, but he is not prepared. I, I don't want an unprepared player on that field. This is college football at a power five school. You, you don't put unprepared people on the field. Not only can that mess things up for your chance to win, 
you could it could damage the player, whether physically mm-hmm. or mentally. So if he wasn't prepared to play, don't put him in, and I'm fine. So I'm really not questioning going back, but I'm ready to see it change now, you know, and go forward. And it's I, another and full I'm week not, of practice now. Yeah, yeah, it gets a full week of practice. I don't, I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. You know, I, I know Justin Fuente is choosing with his words, and after the game, he was saying, you know, yeah, in the preseason, or I think this this morning, he was saying in the preseason. You know, we were talking about playing both of them, but we we thought Hooker starting gave us the better um, way to win. And then this week, he kind of implied that like starting uh, Burmeister was the gave us the better chance to win. Well, if the other guy's not being prepared and he didn't play last week, or maybe he's a little bit weak. You know, I don't know if he was how sick yeah, he might yeah, have yeah. been or anything. You know, so like that's fine. But I'm really hoping that's not the case this week. Like I want to move forward with UNC. I want to be stronger at quarterback. We have a heck of a running game and that I think UNC will not ignore what Herbert just did last week with over 200 yards, and two TDs from the running back position. They're going to be keying on that guy. So we need a dynamic option at quarterback and, and that's hooker. I, I just think I, I want a reporter to ask him if all things considered Hendon hooker is a hundred percent healthy, hundred percent ready to go. Who are you starting? Just hand in that I mean, hypothetical. He said that, though. Who plays? He said that before game one, he had Hooker starting. Well, why is Burmeister going to – are you going to split time? Because if he says yes, then I'm going to say have his head examined. I've seen Burmeister <laughs> play. NC State was fine. NC State doesn't have players close enough to your wide receivers for them to be impacting the play. Um, Duke isn't good, but they had their players close enough to impact the play, and we saw what happens. Burmeister wasn't even that good when you look at his passing numbers against NC State. They weren't that good. His rushing no. numbers are okay. I, I said I said this, I think, in a text to you, and I put it in a, a Twitter disagreement I had with uh, a friend of mine. I just, I think he's an average to below average passer, and he's an okay runner. And I think Hendon Hooker's better than him in both of those. So why, what does Burmeister give well. you? What does Burmeister give you that Hooker doesn't? And I think the I answer think is nothing. Underselling his running ability, I think he is a pretty good runner because he's shifty and he's he's getting away from contact pretty well. I don't think I, he runs I away don't... from players though, like Hendon Hooker does. I know they say he's a better runner, but I just I saw Hendon Hooker run past people into the end zone. I saw Burmeister like I don't know. I mean, I, he's had some good runs this year. He had one in the Duke game that was great. Um, but I just I. I, I don't believe it. Like when they say, I think he's a better runner than Hendon Hooker. I'm like, I don't know, man. I saw Hendon Hooker make Miami's defense look silly. I don't think this kid's making Miami look silly. I think Miami's going to eat him alive. Comment, I more go with, I don't think the separation in the running game is enough to make him the better option. Correct. To hooker. Cause I, even if he is a better runner, it's not by much and hooker's good enough. And then you put that arm with it. So I, I just reiterate my point. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we're both. I'd almost rather there. see we're Quincy good. Patterson than Burmeister too. Like, I'm not saying Quincy Patterson is an expert thrower by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think defenses respect him more with the ground game. So that allows him to throw jump balls and have one-on-one versus double coverage. Because if you don't do one-on-one on the edge and you try to put safeties over the top, then he's going to bowl over some poor kid on his way for a 10-yard carry. Yeah, I, 
I, Quincy's been successful when he's gotten in there, and he, I, that's the thing I like about Quincy. He makes the most of his opportunities, and so I, I don't want him starting because I think Hooker's better, so I, I'm not really going that way. Um, I wouldn't have mind seeing Quincy some last week. I, I mean, I, I was open to it. In the, at the beginning of the third quarter, I was I was open to seeing what uh, else. Yeah, at the do. end of the first half, I was ready to not see Burmeister in a Virginia Tech uniform. Yeah. But, okay, so if you're splitting I mean, I'm, time. I'm not as hard on him as you are, easily. I, and that's common for me. That's fine. You, but you like 30%, 36% passing, that's fine. I don't. Um, not at Virginia Tech. But. but I'm just not going to write him off forever. I, I just. I'm just not going to write him off forever. I, that's he, not what I'm going to do. UNC's defense is better than Duke's defense. If he can't, if he's thirty six percent passing against Duke, God help him. That's one of the worst the teams we're going to play. Game, the thing about this game with Duke was we make that terrible special teams mistake early, oh, God. and then we kind of do all right for a while. But then our defense gets gets tired. Like you could see, because you have our, no depth. See, we were tired because we're missing twenty one guys, and so. I, I think it's fortunate we won. I think we played well with a lot of motion against NC State that we didn't have in that wheelhouse there in this game. I think we were a lot a lot flatter, um, probably pressing a little bit, but, you know, when things didn't go well early. I mean, that was we were really lucky with NC State. We were up quick, and so it kind of let it play out easier. When you make a mistake, which it was a terrible mistake and bad, but you got to be able to rebound for that. And I don't think we, we just jolted back the way we needed to. Um, so that kind of explains why the game went the way it went. We, we were better than Duke with 21 men down. We were better than Duke. It's just, we did, we hurt ourselves in a lot of ways. And that late fumble and, was one of them. Yeah. And I guess the counterpoint, you, you keep talking about how great Burmeister is at the D ball. I mean, I, I will yeah, say, I don't think the playing, I don't think the play calling, I don't, there were instances where I think the play calling hurt him. Like on third and three, maybe we don't throw a, you know, 25 yard go route. Like maybe we just, that's what bothers me though with Quincy. When you talk about play calling, we get into some terrible play calling with Quincy in the game. And like when well, this is Dame last year, we opened it up and yeah. let him play. And we like, we were, we had that game. I mean, it was awesome. So like I, I, I get frustrated with play calling a lot quicker than our quarterbacks in general. If, and, but that's being a Virginia tech fan. The, the final thing I'll say about it. If we split time, if Hendon hooker starts and we're splitting time with a quarterback, I want that quarterback to be Hendon Hooker, and then when you get like in the ten yard line, you put Quincy Patterson in because that's a, that's the perfect role for him because he's either going to run over some poor kid on his yeah. way to the end zone, or he I will tell you what Quincy Patterson does better than anyone else is throw that that jump fade route, that yeah. jump ball fade route. No one I haven't seen well, shoot, anyone last at Virginia week he was Tech. Him under like he had him, everybody think he was jumping, and he threw him under, and yeah, nailed him. I I haven't seen anyone at Virginia Tech do that as good as he has. So like that's where I would split time with somebody, and I'd put him in in that situation. But again, I'm having Burmeister hold the clipboard, a hundred percent of the game, barring an injury. I, I'm not or arguing two. with my intent for that on on Saturday. I want Hooker to get in there and play super, and we would have no reason to split any kind of time. Shout out Tyler um, Matheny though. God bless that kid. Felt like he was in on every play. <laughs> I loved it, man. It was so good. That kid and was talk, awesome. For as often as we probably both, uh, you do it too. You know, we talked out like we, you, you doubt these kids. Like, oh, this guy transferred from Kansas. Talking about last year, Ryan Willis, quarterback, not not Herbert. He transferred from Kansas. He's awesome great. Play. Yep. But Willis transfer from Kansas was awful. But like, you judge these guys on where they're coming from, or the guys recruit, or you know, transfer. I also look at their numbers. Terrible. Yeah. He must be terrible on this and that. And then here comes this walk-on. So you'd think, well, we don't care about this walk-on. It's so awesome when these guys perform well. It's such a such a win. And, like, that style reminds me of what Virginia Tech used to be, where we take the two-star guys and make them awesome and make them great defenders in Blacksburg. 
And this guy had a, he stepped up a sophomore, redshirt sophomore walk on, and he stepped into a role and he, he gets the pick. He has tackles, two for loss, just a, a great game. And it's a great story. And he wasn't the only unsung hero no. from that game. There was a lot of guys that don't get press every other week. I mean, all of our cornerbacks, too deep, were gone. We had our top four guys gone. Everybody was stepping in, doing stuff. People in safety were stepping in, doing stuff. But he really made plays there. Really proud of him. That's the kind of Virginia Tech football I want to see. I don't want a lot of opportunities <laughs> where we have too deep in certain position groups gone. But like this when week. we get those opportunities, yeah. I'm glad we, we had it. And, uh, yeah, this week I want to be as I would like to have our corners back this week. Yes. Very much. They're, UNC is good at the wide receiver position. They have a good running game. So just offensively all together, we gotta we gotta be ready for UNC. Well, that's why and, we can't. That's why you can't mess around with Burmeister, in my opinion. This whole like, well, we're gonna put him in for a drive. Okay, cool. We wasted a drive, and now UNC's got the ball back with their elite offense. I just yeah, I continue not to argue with you. <laughs> I just know what's gonna happen because I just know Justin Fuente likes to mess around and see how he can lose games. I just know that that's like in his DNA. Is I'm a loser. And I don't want to win a conference championship while I'm here. So something we do in high school football, either on air or off air a lot, we, we kind of say what kind of points the team needs or what, what do we got to go. So what are you feeling about this UNC game? Like where, where do we have to be? What, how many points do we have to score? And you say, okay, we win the game if we score that many points. Honest to God, I think we got to score 42. I think UNC is going to score some points. I was saying 35. Okay, so let's say – the secondary is treated like Kendon Hooker, right? Because it's a lot of the same situation. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't like sit the whole game like Kendon Hooker, but maybe they have to sit out some plays more than would be normal. You've already talked about how great UNC's wide receivers are, and you're not wrong, and their running game. I, I just think <sighs> we gave up 31 to Duke, and that's with a depleted secondary, yes. We gave up some points to NC State. I think UNC is by far the most talented team. Like you could take Duke and NC State, combine their rosters, and they're not as good as North Carolina. So I think North Carolina is going to put up some points. And, and I think that your offense has to be clicking on all cylinders the entire game. You can't take game, drives off to see if the kid from Oregon can figure it out on a big stage. I'm, I'm looking at it like I – don't know what North Carolina done has done in the first two weeks that makes me just really look at them and think they're a legitimate top ten team. I mean, they're ranked eighth in the nation right now. I'm just I will know at noon. I know there's talent on the field, but I just haven't seen it yet. So I just don't know if they're going to come out exploding on us. And I think our defense has made the plays when it's need to. So I was I probably started around thirty and then bumped it up, knowing that they probably are better than than they've shown against Syracuse and. What was the other team they played? BC. Um, DC. Boston College. Yeah, I I don't think either of those two opponents are that special. And obviously the two opponents we played are not good. So I I don't know. I'm just in the 35 range for my my recipe for success. I I hope I'm right and not because I, you know, we might just get to 42. (laughs) Like, I don't, there's no I I would not be surprised if this is an overtime game again. Like, I just... How many overtimes? So maybe that's what we need to talk about. How many overtimes does this game go to? I don't know, Leland. (laughs) I don't feel good about it. I am getting nervous about it. I know everyone's like, UNC's not a top 10 team. I'm like, the number 19 19 team in the country doesn't beat Duke by seven points. I don't know. And the number 19 team in the country doesn't have a quarterback that throws 36%. 
if we lose to them, I don't think they're a top 10 team. And if we beat them, I don't think that means we're some kind of top 10 team. I don't think they're a top 10 team. I don't know if, if, especially with what we've done this far this season, with who we've missed and who we'd be potentially missing this week, I, I don't know if we're better than them right now. So, yeah, I'm nervous about this game. I never say we're going to lose a game, but I'm nervous about this game. I was nervous about the NC State game. It worked out for me. I'm, I'm hoping the same way this week. Yeah, I don't feel great. So the UVA Cavaliers are 1-1 one one now. I'm not going to bash on them this week. They lost to Clemson. I they, their offense actually put up some put up some yards. That's the one, you know, that's the one team in the ACC where I, you know, just assume they're going to beat everybody. So I'm not going to bash on them. I, I do think some of the hype that people have around UVA football, or like there's like an ongoing Twitter thing because some, you know, there's probably like one or two fans having a conversation now. People have blown it up, but they're calling that this quarterback, a, he's like Steve Young. You know, they're comparing him to Steve Young. So yeah. that's that's tough. I mean, that's tough comparison for anybody. So, uh, <laughs> it, but it's funny. I mean, it's, and, and it's what I watch, but they, they, they showed up against Clemson. They lost. I'm telling you when we lose to Clemson, I'm not going to be happy about it. So I don't think UVA fans to be happy. You find some positive things to take away from it. Like your offense did put up 23 points. Okay. I, you still though, you want to rebound this week against NC state. And I think that's very doable for that team. I think UVA is better than, than NC State. I know, and I know we just beat NC State. I think they're better than them. I, I think less of Pitt now because NC State just beat Pitt. But I think UVA takes care of business this week against NC State. I don't think it's any kind of blowout. I think it's like a, you know, thirty-one to fourteen game or something. And that's, a, I mean, that's a solid margin. But like, I don't, I don't think it's a runaway. I, I think, you know, in the third quarter, you're still kind of wondering where it's going, and then UVA probably closes out from there. That's kind of how I see this one going this week against NC I- State. Form. I think it'll be a one-score game. I, I think if we had to play NC State Is again, I think if I we think had to play NC State terrible. again, I think it would be a closer game. They did switch quarterbacks for the pit game than the one that yeah. they had starting against us. And you'll notice when NC State started scoring, when NC State did start scoring, it was when they changed quarterbacks, even I, against us. I, like I, I'll say that I think NC State learned a lesson on whoever they had starting should never start a college football game at a Power Five conference because that kid was terrible. And they made a quarterback switch. That kid beat Pitt, which I loved. I do think Pitt is fake. And I loved every second of watching them lose. And then I thought I was going to have to eat my own words when we might lose to Duke later. But I I think it's going to be closer. I still think UVA wins, but I think it's going to be closer. I think it's a one-score game. I hope you're right. I like that better. Uh, Florida State was Having a time there with Jacksonville. You know what? (laughs) I I had to watch like a thousand ACC network commercials during that Duke Virginia Tech game. And if I was the ACC, I would not put Florida State in those commercials. I would want people to forget that they're a part of the ACC. Like they are terrible. I know they ended up coming back and winning the game kind of comfortable. I can't even speak. Comfortably. But yeah, they were losing at halftime, weren't they? I think it might have been tied. Okay. Well, if you're tied against Jacksonville State and you're in the ACC yes, at halftime, yes. cancel the rest of your season. Like, it's not worth kids getting. It's not worth kids getting COVID in a pandemic because you're struggling with Jacksonville State. Like, if that's your season, it's going to be bad. It's not worth somebody getting sick over. Like, Should just we play stop. this football game in COVID? Well, who are we playing? <laughs> yeah. Well. It, 
if you're Florida State, the answer is no every week. You don't play. Like, if you're that bad, it's not worth well, then, somebody then getting sick. The going to say that when they play Abilene's Christian here in, in November. Like no, no, that, no, 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 no. You're, you're misinterpreting this. I'm saying Florida State should not play football this season because they're that bad. It's not worth them going out and getting killed the rest of their games this year because just to play the game. Their kids might get sick. Some kids might not recover all the way from COVID. It's not worth going out there and getting murdered by whoever you got to play in the conference. We joked that NC State and Duke might be the worst teams in the conference. I I was wrong. It's Florida State. Florida State is the worst team in the conference. They're not going to win a game in the ACC this year. Well, Florida State probably wishes they were in the Big 12 because TCU took down Texas and Iowa State took down Oklahoma. And whatever life that the Big 10 had before, they've lost it because their blue bloods are, are down. Oklahoma with two losses, Texas with one now. And Oklahoma, watch Oklahoma go beat Texas here yep. uh, this, this week. Just to totally week, kill week. it. Just to totally kill it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll be able to bring myself to root for Spencer Rattler. But if he does, it's it's a win-win. Either I get to watch that dumb goof lose again, and I get to see his dumb face when he throws the game-losing interception, or... So confused. So or confused. That guy caught the ball. The guy I threw it to didn't catch the ball. Or so he beats Texas and just kills that conference. Either way, it's a win-win for me. I don't care. I hope it happens. I don't care either way. So the, the, other piece of, the other piece of your win-win... Uh, UCF went down, so you're on the Cincy train now. That's yeah, your, it's all aboard the Cincy train. In fact, after you texted, I watched the end of that game, and you texted, UCF loses. And I said, go Cincy. Like, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm all no, aboard the Cincy train no, now. No hesitation. Who go the American Cincy. Athletic team that's undefeated? I'm on them. Yeah, and if Cincinnati loses, which UCF will probably mess this up and beat them. I will say a one-loss team from the AAC is better than a two-loss Big Twelve team in my mind. But that's, that's what we're going to see two SEC teams. <laughs> probably. Um, I'll put. I've been Louisiana. saying that from the beginning. I've been saying that. No, not from the beginning. And our preseason picks, I did not pick two SEC teams. I warned of it. I was worried about it. But yeah. yeah. Florida looks good. Alabama is mad. Georgia impressed. Georgia beat the crap out of Auburn. Completely mm-hmm. controlled that game. Um, yeah, it's. They got three good teams at least there, and you still got other good teams to to bother with them. So it, they're going to be proven good SEC teams coming out of there. It's going to be hard to keep a second SEC team out if this is what the big. I mean, the Big Twelve's Big Twelve is essentially done. Texas has to go undefeated from here to have an argument. Yeah, I, I'll say this: You said Florida State wishes they played in the Big Twelve. No, they don't. Florida State yeah. wishes. Florida State wishes that I don't know that they played FCS. I don't. I don't know if there's an FBS conference Florida State could win this year, and I'm being dead serious. I don't know if there's an FBS conference they can win. I don't think they'd win the Sun Belt, Leland. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not arguing. I, they, they look... Maybe the Mountain West. I haven't watched... The Mountain West hasn't started yet. Maybe they beat the, the Mountain is, West. They have a lot of talent on the field. Mountain West starts in like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. They start with the Big Ten does. Um... They're just, they're just so disorganized right now. They're getting out of that Taggart stage. They're going to get better. And there's a lot of Yeah, but this there. guy lost the locker room yeah, like day one. It, I don't think they're winning a conference either. I, I'm not arguing with that. Go back, go back in time and remember, like, 
when the protest started and this coach said, I'm talking oh, to each yeah. one of my players individually, and his players came out and said, no, you're not. Yeah. He lost the locker room before they even played a game. Like, I think that is a program <laughs> that is just like, oh, uh, I would call it a dumpster fire, but dumpster fires aren't that bad. The thing that I thought the was dumpster funny fire puts weekend. itself out like this is going to rage on forever. The thing that I thought was funniest this weekend was Arkansas breaking their SEC losing streak. <laughs> and who'd they play? It was Mississippi State, which which was driving the bandwagon last week. They had Lee Corso driving a bandwagon. They had Mike Leach getting on a wagon with a bunch of band members. I mean, they had the bandwagon every which way, and it it only made it a week. I mean, that's on the Oregon Trail when you're on that wagon. If you only go a week, I mean, you're, you're you forgot right. to hunt. Yeah, you just kept going and forgot to stop and rest. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you forgot to stop and rest and you forgot to hunt. Like that's what happened. And somebody got dysentery and spread it. But I mean, and this a razorback got him. A wild huh. pig just come up on the wagon. Now I will say this: this is my problem with kind of how we interpret things. I interpret this as Mississippi State's not that good. They beat LSU. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we overrated LSU at the beginning of the year. Mississippi State beats them. Ergo. Ergo, we overrate Mississippi State. Now Arkansas beats them. And now we're like, well, maybe Arkansas is good. Arkansas no. Arkansas is not good. No. 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 Stop. No. Just because SEC is the conference yeah. affiliation doesn't mean this every team that wins a game there is good. If you win an SEC game, that doesn't make you good. And and beating Mississippi we're State. We're not coming back and saying Iowa State's good, are we? No. No. We're saying, wow, Oklahoma maybe was overrated. Because Iowa State lost to Louisiana. To Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns. Who? That's who I would put in ahead of a second SEC team. <laughs> well, Louisiana has your App State this week on Wednesday night. I know. I have Louisiana to root against App State. Happy State. I have to root against App State. It's going to be terrible, but I'll do it. It's the for the cause. The G5. <laughs> <laughs> the other big games this week. We talked about Tech. They're playing UNC at noon. UVA plays NC State uh, at noon on the ACC network. Uh, let me stop there for a second. It's it's on. I, I, this is for all of Virginia. This is this is me on UVA fan side. The ACC continuing to put these games for Virginia Tech and UVA, which our game I know this week is on ABC, but all the other ones have been on ACC network. They continue to put our games because Comcast Xfinity runs Virginia. That's the the hard line for cable in Virginia by the darn most part. I know down Southwest Virginia, I think it's Cox or whatever. But anyway, they don't have ACC Network, and they're playing this game. They're trying to get these people to – this is so short-sighted of a thing. The ACC, you're going to end up losing fans. I know you think college football fans are just that, but people are real, learning how to live without sports right now. And, and you know what they're doing? They're not cutting they're – not, they're not going to DirecTV. They're just going to other means. Or this is what drives people to use other people's passwords to get onto stuff. Just that's not an AC. That's not an Xfinity. ACC problem, though. That's a uh, somebody else. But that's problem. overall. But that's uh, like I'm talking about both sides of the argument here. But the ACC is playing games with it. The ACC is actively making the decision to keep putting these Virginia schools, Virginia Tech and UVA on the ACC network week after week after week. And it's it's unfair. It's unfair. There's there's time slots that could have slid in. They would make the argument, oh, well, we're doing this triple header. There's a lot of spots for you guys to be. It just happens that those are the games, and they're the better game than the Regional Sports Network. Come on. Come on. There's some bad games on ABC. Or just put, when when UVA is playing a crappy team like NC State, then put them on the Regional Sports Network. Stop 
purposely putting them on the ACC network. It's obvious. It's obvious that's what they're doing. I, I do feel for Jeff and other fans of Virginia everybody, Tech and UVA that have everybody. Comcast. I do feel for him. I, I don't know if I look at any of the games this week and go, yeah, our game was better than that. I... I don't know. I don't remember no, what was on ABC week, at three thirty or four o'clock or whatever. You have Duke, or excuse me, you have Virginia, Wake Forest. That sounds like a big time game, doesn't it? UVA and Wake Forest. That's just a top of the line game. It has to be on the ACC network, doesn't it? Well, it is. It's on at four p.m. Where's Virginia Tech well, play? Virginia Tech plays at eight p.m. against Boston College. Yeah, they, I wouldn't put UNC Florida State on ESPN. I wouldn't do that. There, there, you have a point. There you have a point. UNC, Florida State should be on the ACC network because Florida State shouldn't play on national TV. Again, this goes back to my point, though, in terms of Florida State. Like, if I was the ACC, I would want people to forget they're part of my conference. Like, I would want to hide them. I would put them on whatever. I'd put them on, like, ACC Network, the Ocho, or something that doesn't even exist. Like Sports Network Extra. Yeah. You have to go on ESPN app to get it. Yeah, ESPN Plus or something to find it. Yeah, like, I, I don't want people to know that they exist. I want people to be like, Put, what was that What was that team Bobby Bowden used to coach for? They used to wear red and it? gold. Dude, dude, today the tweet was uh, Bobby Bowden, he, and this is not funny, Bobby Bowden has coronavirus. Uh, obviously, he's an older guy, so that's scary. Yes. Best thoughts. Hope he gets better. But it reminded me in a funny way of that Allstate commercial where the guys are sitting in the car and they're like, oh, it's Bobby Bowden. And they're just silent. He's like, I'm going to touch him. And he just like gets goes to get out of the car and like another car just rocks the door off the side of the car. I tweeted it today. It's a hilarious commercial. I loved it back then. I think I was just out of college then. Little little different feel now. You know, <laughs> like, I'm going yeah. to go touch him. Little slightly different time. But, but anyway, uh, yeah, Bobby Bowden, hopefully he gets all that. That's probably a poor joke, but that's where I'm at in life. I just looking at these games. I don't know. This week, this week, you're not wrong today. You're not wrong. Today. They announced the games for October 17th. And that's when I went off. I didn't go off last week when they, you know, this is what announced it. Yeah. You're putting Virginia wake forest is, I mean, that's just a terrible game. That's you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Virginia Wake Forest being put on ACC Network isn't. Well, but but what I'm saying is I don't think. To me, I think ABC and ESPN That's, are the, the prime premiums. games. Those are the premium games. Yeah. I don't think UVA Wake Forest is a great game. No. So I say let them go down to RSN and stop toying with them. Let them get on a network that these people actually get. From oh, Wake I do League. think it's a better game than Duke NC State, though. I. <laughs> I let me say this. You're gonna Duke and NC State. The team there. Virginia's just gonna yeah. beat Wake Forest, and we're all gonna go home. Like, what's? Yeah, Duke and NC State should be happy that Florida State exists because if not for Florida State, they would be the worst. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't disagree. I do think it's a strategic effort by the conference to get people to call into Comcast and complain yes. that they don't have the ACC network or switch. I, I did leave Comcast over it, among other things, but I just. I don't know. But you don't have DirecTV sitting there either. I don't. No. Um, I have YouTube and that's TV. That's what they're banking on because DirecTV pays them the big money to have it. That's well, what YouTube TV on. pays them to have it too. But you can get it with YouTube, and, and I know, but they don't get as much money from DirecTV. Like they they want you to go DirecTV. Like that's I, the behind. That the would be my recommendation, Jeff. Try YouTube TV. 
It's pretty good. I wish YouTube, I wish YouTube would stop raising their prices because that's where I want to go. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the price raising there, but that's a different. It's gonna be back to hundred dollars real quick anyway. All right, moving on uh, to the other big games. Miami plays Clemson seven o'clock, seven thirty on ABC. Mm-hmm. Big time ACC game. That's what we've been waiting for. Yep. Florida, Texas A and M. A and M took a beating last week. They're gonna take a beating again against Florida. Yeah, I don't like Texas A and M in that game. Number fourteen Tennessee, which was came out of nowhere to me they're the number 14 they're they're going to get smoked this is another example of oh this team's in the sec and they're undefeated right now they must be great they're going to get absolutely steamrolled by the georgia bulldogs i I saw unc was ranked eighth i said that seems high then i saw tennessee's ranked 14th i was like oh i guess that's right because if tennessee's the 14th best team then unc probably is high Hopefully yeah. we beat UNC and then we ranked in front of Tennessee then. UNC um, being eight is like, you know, smoking a joint high. Tennessee being 14 is like injecting yourself with heroin high. Like that is going to end poorly. Quite the ride. Texas is now 22nd. They play Oklahoma. That's that's usually a big game. I usually tend to watch that game. For some reason, I don't, a lot of weeks we're not up against that game. So I just feel like <laughs> I always watch that Texas Oklahoma game. I think you. You were in Texas I was. last year when that game happened, weren't you? I was, yep. Yeah, you had a great time down there. But, I mean... I'm glad I won't be there this year. But <laughs> there's other big games on, and, and I just... I probably, I mean, we're, I'll be watching our game, number one, but there's other big games on. Um, and it so will that's, probably that's be on... It will probably be on a screen for me. I did that this week with our game being played at the same time, the A&M Alabama game was going on i had it i had that game on a screen while i watched us on the main tv i mean i always have i will probably put texas and oklahoma on a screen i'm not putting uh, what's the other noon game florida texas a&m that's a fraud game i'm not putting that on flip it over there to see what's up but that's it i'll here's the thing if you're gonna watch that game you have to watch the first quarter because that's how long florida gives a team and then they're gonna kill them and then you One already talked about Wednesday, Louisiana Appy State. Man, let's go Raging Cajuns. Big, Big Ten starts in three weeks, so does the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And then five weeks, Pac-12 and MAC. We haven't got into Pac-12 coming back in their schedule. We're not going to get into it now either. No, let's I don't care. But that, that, that Wednesday night Maction, late oh, night Maction. And I didn't explain it to my mom what Maction was, but... That late hot, <laughs> that hot late day. night maction. It's maction time. Put the kids right. to bed. All right. <laughs> in the NFL, uh, we had our first COVID boo boo uh, in the NFL. The boo boo. The Woo! future AFC champion Tennessee Titans had a outbreak and their game against the Steelers, which I actually was kind of looking forward to and dreading at the same time because for me it's like, oh, this could be the game where the Steelers finally lose. And then there's another side of me that's like, or it could be the game where I have to come with the reality that maybe the Steelers are actually good. Obviously, I was looking forward to it being a Steelers fan, but that's an old Central, uh, AFC Central rivalry. Oh, they man, were yeah. For some years there. Back when the and Jags so, were good, too. I was looking forward to that. Um, so it's days. getting pushed to later. Uh, they moved around a game between the Steelers and the Ravens to make that happen. Typical it, NFL. It, is what it is in a pandemic year. I, I don't think there's much negative to say about that. It's just I'm glad they fit it in within yeah. the limits of the schedule. Yes, yes. As the week went on and Cam Newton has um, mm-hmm. coronavirus and then it just casually says at the end of that, you know, Cam Newton tested positive. Teams 
players on both sides have it. Like it was such the afterthought that someone on the Chiefs well, had. Well, and who, who was one of the guys on the Chiefs that had it? He was the the practice playing backup quarterback who was playing the role of Cam Newton and pra- I mean the ultimate role player. I, mean, I saw that on everything Cam Newton did this week. I saw that on Twitter. Somebody made that joke of you know ultimate method actor. Oh my goodness! And so I was good. that that made me laugh. Um, hopefully he earned that red shirt this week. Hopefully I mean, both that, of them end up coming out okay. But yeah, yeah, I saw that, and the Patriots are getting absolutely slaughtered. I think it's easier to joke about it knowing Cam Newton is asymptomatic and he's supposed to be right back. And I mean, they're saying like later this week he'll be back. So um, apparently, you know, you can recover from Corona really quickly these days. Um, but yeah, they're getting smoked by the Chiefs. They they ended up getting the games. They had no other positive cases going. Um, Tennessee hasn't really calmed down. I think today was the first day they haven't had an additional positive. So they, they have to go two off. days in a row before they can open up the facility. And on the schedule, they have a game ahead. I put it on here somewhere against the Bills, against the 4-0 Bills. That's mm, another big game that's for another them. Big game. I, don't be surprised if that doesn't happen this week. And then that's where we're going to get in some trouble. Where a team has two weeks off, scheduling that back in is going to get weird. If other teams blow up, and this is what I thought was going to happen when the Patriots blew up, or didn't, or you look like they could blow up because your quarterback has it. This season can get extended. The NFL, they are, everybody owns their own stadiums. No one's going to be competing for the time in those stadiums in January. The season might get pushed a week or two. You know, like you're going to have some additional games and a lot of teams with buys. Or it, I heard a lot of people talking about it Saturday morning was stop everything for two weeks. Take these two games, put them at the end of the season, and then pick back up in two weeks. If, if things get worse, if you see a lot of teams have this, that is a – scenario i could understand happening so just be prepared for that i think everybody at this point is prepared for anything to happen so uh that's what's up yeah we'll see i don't know the funniest thing i saw in the nfl was the cowboys losing they made the browns look really good that that is a that is going to go down as a historically bad defense in the NFL. I mean, yeah, they Dak's are not playing bad. bad. No, Dak is great. And you know what? This should be a lesson because Dallas is going to have salary cap issues trying to figure out how to get Dak signed. But this is a lesson. I say it every time we talk about contracts involving running backs. You don't pay a running back anything. You pay him whatever the contract is when you draft them. And then when that contract is up, you tell him goodbye. And you go draft another one. Or you yep. sign a veteran for the league minimum, like the Ravens did with Mark Ingram. And look what Mark Ingram is. Because if you have a good offensive line, it's literally plug and play back there. That's the only thing you need. You don't need to pay an absorbent amount of money for a guy like Same Ezekiel shit. Elliott and eat up all your cap. It's so dumb. Running back shelf life is tiny in the NFL. It's just not worth it. Yeah, it was it was good to see the Cowboys. I mean, they're a bonehead play from the Falcons away from being 0-4. And uh, that's that's something down there. Yeah, but the Browns almost blew it. The Browns almost blew it. If it hadn't been. But that's the thing, like, right, because this defense is so bad. If they hadn't allowed a reverse play to go like 50 yards, Dallas would have had a legitimate and it wouldn't have been as hard as the Falcons game because they would have had a heck of a lot more time. I think they would have had like three minutes to drive the field and win. So it's whatever i hate cleveland so them winning really bothered me but yeah well yeah. 
I have Dak on my fantasy team. I love having Dak on my fantasy team because I know the Cowboys are going to be down two or three scores entering the fourth quarter, and he's going to throw their way back into it, and their defense is going to keep giving up points. I I also didn't mind, as a Steelers fan that plays in the same division as the Browns, and I would think you would agree with this point as a Ravens fan, the Browns going to Odell Beckham a lot, having success with it, means they're going to continue to try to do that, and that means we're just going to take advantage of that situation because I don't trust Baker Mayfield to make perfect throws all the time. Neither do the Browns. That's why they give it to the other receiver and let him throw it down to Odell Beckham. Uh, You don't just... Yeah, I, I don't trust Baker Mayfield, and so I'm I'm glad they had success outside of the division. So then my team can tee off on them, and I expect yours too as well. Yeah, you don't listen to Levitar, but they made that joke that the best pass in Cleveland history the last <laughs> two decades was thrown by Jarvis Landry. Like, so this is the second straight week that I'm saying the exact same thing they're saying on Levitard. So I think you would like it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I listen to the, like I am aware of the show. I listen to it here and there. I just I generally don't enjoy it. I think you would like it. They had they they mess around and like joke around a lot, but I think I've you would listen like to Levitard for a year. I used to really listen to him all the time when he was at that five o'clock spot. I listened to him every day. When he was on, on see, I didn't listen then. Yeah, I see, I didn't listen then, and I listen now, so it's it's whatever. Um, the reason I have these other games is the Bucks oh, beat don't. the Chargers. What what was your what was your text to me about one thirty? Brady's old. Brady's old. I hope that Ben Roethlisberger is that old to throw you know look terrible and old. And we got to text Leland about how old Tom Brady looks. And I'm not a I don't like Tom Brady. But I just kind of rolled my eyes. Even when I saw it, I rolled my eyes because I knew he had thrown a pick. Whatever. I was like, I mean, it's, it's Tom Brady. He, like, it was a not, pick six. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. He made up for it. He he got his team the the W because wow. he threw for five touchdowns and and he looked like the Brady of ten years ago there for a stretch in that game where he was completing every single pass. I. He's not a mobile guy. He never has been a mobile guy. So for him to stay kind of in the realm of what he is, he, he can and and he's got that coach there. Uh, Bruce Arians from Gene Tech that is going to cater to what he can do. And and you can see just that. And even within that game, they adjusted. The the one thing I got to say, though, is Tyrod's in trouble because Herbert is doing a decent job. Tyrod's not coming back. He's, yeah, he's not going to get the job back. Let's call it what it is. He's not coming back. He's going to own that team. It's going to be the Tyrod Taylor Chargers, I think. Tyrod's not coming back. No, you, you misheard me. He's going to own the team. He's not going to come back. He's going to own the football team. Oh, he's gonna because sue he's going to every dollar that they could ever make. And it's going to be the Tyrod Taylor Chargers. That's what it's going to be. He's going to own the stadium they play in that, and the Rams playing it, too. Well, maybe, but I doubt it. I, that, yeah, I mean, it's over exaggeration, but I, mean, I think doctor, he's too nice. That doctor needs to be sent away. Oh, we, yeah. We talk about people needing to be sent away. That doctor never touches another person like his automatic divorce. Well, what was it? Herbert got dinged up one play and when Herbert got dinged up and you put in a group text, like, is that the same doctor? Are we sure we want him out there? Like, (laughs) I was like, I guarantee you the San Diego Chargers GM is thinking that right now. Like, uh, wait, is that the same guy? Because I don't want him out there. But yeah, he's not allowed. He doesn't have a needle, does he? (laughs) I got the Vikings and the Texans on the list here because I was going to have a, you know, discussion should Houston fire their coach they fired him mm-hmm. so uh, there's no discussion to be had there you know they had a tough early schedule they played probably the three of the top four or five best teams in the AFC those first three weeks but then they played the Vikings and they looked bad I think the counter argument that I've been hearing today is like hey maybe Deshaun Watson isn't that good I I know for sure that coach isn't good so get him out of there I, the funniest thing about it was 
the morning time happened and it was like, well, the Houston Texans are adjusting and O'Brien is now going to do the play calling as well as all the GM work and all this. And, and somewhere in the afternoon, the owner of the Texans said, yeah, no, he's not get out, pack your stuff. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Here's the modified plan. No, that's not good enough. Get out. You know, who is loving the way this year is playing out in terms of draft be the Miami dolphins because the Houston Texans are 0-4. The Miami Dolphins Dolphins have the Houston Texans' first-round draft pick, and the Miami Dolphins (laughs) are 0-4. But they're not going to want a quarterback either. They don't need a quarterback. Yeah, they don't need a quarterback. Yeah, Yeah. they're going to just build around him, which is smart. Sorry, I thought... That's another reason you fire Bill O'Brien is because you don't have a first or a second-round pick this year, and you're 0-4. Terrible decision making. He's gotten rid of good players. He's gotten rid of high draft picks. He's gotten rid of good players for nothing. Like that's the thing. He's gotten nothing for those players. But still Adam Gase sits in New York and still ter- uh oh, Quinn sits yeah. in Atlanta. Well, Who's the other one? Patricia in Detroit. He wouldn't get fired yet anyway, but yeah. He won, didn't he? Well, no, no not against back. the Saints, but well, he's but he's back. won a game, so he's bought him. I told you when he bought when he beat the Cardinals, I told you that bought him like three or four more weeks. Oh, yeah. I forgot they won last mm. this week. He didn't look, I mean, he gave that one away. The local yeah. teams, Ravens and football team played. There's not much to say there. Everybody, people acted like it was going to be the biggest blowout ever. Honestly, 31-17 sounds kind of right. I would have maybe said 31-10, but okay. Right. I, I didn't watch much of it. I mean, it was all on the second TV. I was watching Red Zone when I was watching. Yeah. I didn't watch Steelers it. didn't play. Next week, we got the big games, which are not that big. Um, Yeah. Next week, the football team plays the Rams at 1 o'clock on Fox. The Ravens play the Bengals at 1 o'clock on CBS. And the Steelers are scheduled to play the Eagles at 1 o'clock on Fox. The big joke uh, that we kind of glazed past there with talking about the football team and the Cowboys is that division even is funnier every single week. I mean, just just terrible. NFC East is the I worst. I hate that the Eagles are in first place because they tied, though. Yeah, that's another is. reason when you tie, it's just a loss for both teams and just move on. Um, so we get to the pick them here and uh, Dan, the man had a good week on the pick So I'm, I was giving him a call out. But the reason I was really calling him out is because he called me out to my face because he's in my uh, social bubble. So I got to see him on Sunday and he was started telling us about how wrong we were on our NASCAR uh, criticism or uh, he was very critical of our nascar talk last week he had some points that i think were accurate but what he really drilled me on was that no active driver has owned a team that was racing against him like that he didn't drive for that team and and he had those cars it's it's happened especially with dei that we even mentioned last week so dan was wrong i know he prides himself on being right on every single thing he's ever talked about did he tell you that did he say because originally you put in here dei was never a cup series team did he say those words uh, there was a moment where he said those teams. Now, those words to me on Sunday. Now, when I first questioned him on the phone to you know make fun of him to his face, because I'm, I'm not here to have a podcast that makes fun of people, not to their face. I'm willing to do it to their face. And when it's Dan the man, I just call him and tell him. He uh, he came off that really quick. So I, I, I was giving him an opportunity. I gave him the out. Like, okay, you didn't really believe that when you said that. That's fine. You got a little exaggerated. But then I just went over kind of the basic things. And Junior was one of the ones that I hit with him on Sunday was like, I mean, Junior raced for DEI in the Cup Series like that, that he was yeah, there. 
That's and where his best senior, years were. Yeah, his best years were when he raced for DEI in the number eight Budweiser. And senior raced against that team mm-hmm. racing for Childress. So, like, he was wrong. So, it's been this, been made clear. He did clarify, though, we were a little bit off on the Tony Stewart. He didn't, he owned that team and it didn't race against him. It didn't race in Cup Series against him until he went over to that team and raced. Like, he didn't run in the Cup Series against his own team that he owned. Okay. That, he well, and I don't think I and said I, that. I, I believe that because he was a huge Tony Stewart fan. So I definitely believe him. Right. Um, and I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen. Maybe I did say he did. I, I think I posed the question saying I didn't know if he did or that's not. That's probably um, where the criticism started was something about Tony fine. Stewart because that's what he would know. And so I'll give him a little bit of credit there. I was going to um, say, when I saw that note. Yeah. This this evening when I got back and started to like do last minute show prep like I usually do, um, and <laughs> I saw that note, I I put on there and then I started texting you. I was like, no, I'm willing to bet life savings here that DEI definitely was DEI a Cup one, Series yeah. team because like Dan is with Tony Stewart, I was a huge Dale Earnhardt fan, and I remember when Dale Earnhardt Jr. came up, he drove for DEI. Uh, and then Steve Park and uh, Michael Waltrip were the ones that jumped to mind. But then there were some I was like looking through um, as recently as 2008. That was the last year that they had a team. Martin Truex, who has later gone on to win uh, a cup series. Mark Martin had before, uh, but he raced with DEI. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paul Menard yeah. had raced yep. with DEI. Reagan Smith. Yeah. Yep. Um, Once I looked it up, I didn't know it offhand. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I gave you the ammunition to to blast him with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like, I remember that number one pins oil back in the day. I, I, you could have said, I can't now because I don't watch enough NASCAR now. Um, I know the top drivers and I know who's driving for the wood brothers. Um, but back in the day, I mean, I used to have like the die cast metal cars, uh, that they would make. And I, I could tell you, you would say a number, I'd tell you who the driver was and who the sponsor was. I, I used to be able to do that. I can't now. So, yeah, when you said DEI was never a Cup Series team, I was like, mm, yeah. they definitely were with uh, multiple drivers. But, yeah. And you put that on me. I wrote the notes of our talk uh, so I could come back to them in this. Uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not interjecting myself in right or wrong there. Um, where I do want to go with this, though, is that I commend Dan. I, we encourage us every week to interact yes. with the show. If we say something wrong, call us out. Correct us. We, even we if you're do wrong, we'll, almost we'll every week. You. Yeah, I guarantee <laughs> you I say something wrong almost every week. And that's why, like, when I saw this, I was like, I mean, I know I said something that was probably not factually <laughs> accurate last week, but that's not it. Like, <laughs> so. Well, I commend him. I also commend him. He had a good week in Pickums. Uh, he was on his own on some picks that he got right. He uh, Only him and one other person had Cleveland beaten Dallas. He had it right. He was the only one picking Minnesota to beat the Texans. He got it right. And him and only uh, two others um, had Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, so the Colts. So yeah. he had a good week of pick them. I'll give him the call out. That's a reminder for anybody else that wants to be on the pick them and get your own call out. Uh, at this point, if you haven't joined, you're not going to win the season series. Um, but we'll call you out when you have know. a really good week. Let's in. Yeah, when you have a really good week, we'll give you a shout out. Do we have to? We don't have too much. The division series has started. We've got Yankees and Rays. Which do you have a score on that? Yeah, look it up. While while you're talking, I'll look it up. Astros already uh, beat the A's in Game One. 
So the AL series start on Monday. They're going to play every single day this week until the series is over. So no off days, no extra day for a pitcher to get another day ready. So that's what's up. The NL will start tomorrow. They'll run every single day just the same. They're playing in Texas, uh, either at Arlington or at Houston. Back at the AL, they're playing in San Diego and Los Angeles. Um, so what was the score on the Yankee game? It's 4-3 to three in the bottom of the seventh, the Yankees. There we go. The interesting thing that I got from the update here is that Leland was right, which Joe agreed, that the Marlins would beat the white the uh, the Cubs. The Cubs. Mm-hmm. But Joe had the White Sox beating the A's, mm-hmm. and I disagreed because I'm rooting for the A's. It's the only reason I really disagreed. Yeah. And the A's won. So I just I take that as me knowing more than you. That's just the official stance. That's fine. I mean, there I can't argue. <laughs> I can't argue. You you were right, and I was wrong. Um, <laughs> I didn't pick the Yankees to beat the Indians, which was disappointing. Um, not because I was wrong there, but because the Yankees won. Uh, man, I just I was talking with John before we came on here, and I was telling him. Seeing how game one of the Astros A series played out today and just kind of having a feeling that this Rays Yankees game was going to play out the way it did or way it is right now. It really got me thinking kind of similar along the lines of Florida state. Like there's a pandemic going on. I don't know if we should be playing baseball right now. I think we (laughs) probably, probably just need to shut it down. I, I mean, Look, I know the Yankees have waited forever for a world championship, and the Astros obviously are trying to win their first World Series that hasn't come via cheating. But um, I, I do wonder if it's really a good idea to be playing baseball. It's all this Yankees and Astros in the ALCS talk has really got me wondering: is it worth it? And I don't think it is. And well, God help we me avoid if it in the ALCS. I just, I don't know, man. I hate one day. it's one game, man. Yeah, one but there's, yeah, there's but no the field you get home team advantage. You get more games where you're the in the bottom of the ninth hitting. I just don't you're like not it. you don't have home crowds to worry about. I just I think I don't like this. It, it I don't like the way this feels. I don't like anything about it. Like to me, to tonight was kind of a must win for the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh my goodness. It felt like a game one must win just because Blake Smith, Blake Snell's pitching. You kind of need to win that. I I don't feel good. And you know what? If the Yankees the Yankees and Rays have bad blood, if the Yankees want to have a reason to get bad blood, then go ahead and throw inside and see if you can, you know, maybe chip uh wrist of Aaron Judge and maybe he can't play the rest of the series and then the Yankees have a reason to be mad. Other than just being total jerks because Brett Gardner has an anger management issue. The reason I'm mad is that I don't like the scheduling for these games. They had okay. The AL starting today and the NL starting tomorrow, that's fine. The problem I have is that all these games are played at the same times every single day. Mm -hmm. And now I am a guy that likes a day game. I am fine with a day game. Mm -hmm. I know early in the playoffs you get them, and and I'm fine with it. But I think it's unfair to these fans that every single game is going to be a day game. Mm -hmm. That the Braves and Marlins, every single game of that series, unless there is a game five decider on the weekend, well, we played at two o'clock in the afternoon every day this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday's needed 
they will play at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's unfair to that team. They should swap it around a little bit. You can put put the Yankees and Rays one day at two o'clock and just mix it up a little bit. But no, they have the Braves and Marlins locked in at two. They have the A's and Astros locked in at four. Mm-hmm. They have the Yankees and Rays locked in at seven. And then you have the Dodgers and the Padres locked in at 908, 938, 908. Every single day they play at the same time. I don't like that. I, I think that's unfair to the fan. And decisions like this is what hurts. You can't be making decisions that drive fans away, that give them reasons not to watch. If it's one game or here or there, fine. But don't lock it in like you did this week. This better not, I, this better not repeat itself. It's just bad for it's the game. It's going to. It happens every year. You're just paying attention to it this year. It happens no, every year that a certain series gets the shaft. It absolutely does not. It happens every year. That that Orioles Tigers series, every single game was an afternoon game. Every single one. But you probably had some four o'clock games because No, we did year, not. We had one a, o'clock. A, I'm guaranteeing you because you would have some games slide closer to prime time because you wouldn't have four games every day for four straight days. You'd play two days, have an off oh, okay, day. That's, and that's yeah. where the other league would slide down and have a game that wasn't in the middle of the afternoon. Okay. 100%. But, I'm right. I'm saying if they keep it eight playoff teams from each league, this is going to happen every time. They're not changing that. That will be what happens. And that you always laugh when I say Major League Baseball is out to take care of the Yankees. This is why. Oh, I, mean, I wonder why the Yankees are the most popular team. I don't know. They're the one that's always on national television. Like They're in prime time every single time they play. Yeah. Why are the Red Sox still popular, even though they're a dead dog in the road that's been run over by a tractor trailer 50 times this year? Because they're on national TV all the time. Sunday night baseball. Every week they can put them on there. Yeah. So that's why, like, when you laugh and you're like, oh, Joe, Major League Baseball doesn't show favoritism. They well, absolutely the do. referees calling bad calls against the Orioles when they're playing the Royals, and you think that has something to do with the Yankees? No, I don't yeah, think. I, a, I, I don't think it does. But when I'm saying like Major League Baseball is out to take care of the Yankees when they're leading the Washington, when Major League Baseball is taking care of the Yankees when they're leading at DC in a rain delay versus the Orioles versus DC, yeah. If the Yankees had been playing the Nationals and the Nationals grounds crew couldn't get the tarp out, they would have said, "Well, Nationals." We think you did this on purpose. Sabotage Yankees win. Because that's what Major League Baseball does. They're out to take care of the big teams. Rob Manfred only cares about big teams and trying to get more eyeballs. And he thinks the only way he can get more eyeballs is if the New York Yankees or LA Dodgers win the World Series. That's what he wants. He wants Yankees-Dodgers. I, I will tell you right now, if you don't think Rob Manfred is rooting for Yankees-Dodgers, I'm not arguing with this. you're crazy. I don't think the... Feel, That's mind. why I don't. This. We I, argued about this too many weeks about the darn tarp guys in, in Nationals Park. I'll say this: I hate the Houston Astros cheated, but if it comes between the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros, you bet I will forget all about that cheating. I Start will not. Trash can for I will. Yeah, I will. I'll go. I'll volunteer. I'll go <laughs> to wherever that game is. Where is it? L.A. Is it in L.A. or San Diego? I can't it'll, remember where the ALCS is. In, uh, San Diego. Okay, well, I'll go to San Diego. It's a nice park. I haven't been there. I hear it's a nice park. I'll go to Petco Park and bang the stuffing out of a drum or a, a trash can, trash can for the Houston Astros. Uh, maybe they need a drum this year. Maybe that was the problem. It was a trash can. 
maybe if it's a drum, it'll be legal. So I'll go down there and bang the stuffing out of a drum for the Houston Astros because I will never, ever root for the New York Yankees. It could be the New York Yankees versus the Monstars baseball team and Earth gets blown up into a jillion pieces if the Yankees lose a best of seven. I will root for Earth to get blown up into a jillion pieces. I will not root for the New York Yankees under any circumstances. Yeah, I won't either. And the I'm NBA also going to root against the Dodgers for the same reason, because Major League Baseball wants them to win. I don't dislike the Dodgers near as much. NBA playoffs, they, the finals are happening. Not much to say. We'll talk about it a little yeah, bit with I was DJ. <laughs> um, Lakers are up 2-1. to one. We'll talk about this, the, what it means after this series is final, because it looks like LeBron's on his way to a, another championship, third different team. Let's get to the B-Block. block time here on the Xports podcast we are welcome to bring back tj eck from whsv tj thanks for coming on with joe and i hey guys thanks for having me back i always enjoy being on with you guys so you've been busy uh you know the world uh slowed down but i think you picked up steam as as the summer went on and you still got end zone going which we'll dive back into but you're doing athletic department look-ins high school football spring preview and you started a podcast so you uh, you have not laid back one bit. Yeah, I would actually argue, and I've told some people this, I feel like I'm more busy now than I normally <laughs> would be in football season. And that's crazy to say because football season for me is by far the craziest time of the year. But it's, it's been different because, you know, we had to adapt and find ways to do things differently without high school football and without JMU football this fall. Um, so, I mean, thankfully, we've had a little bit of UVA and Virginia Tech and West Virginia uh, to cover and a little West Virginia high school football to cover as well. But it's just not been the same in that respect. So, yeah, we're just trying to find some different segments, some different things that we can do to still bring some local sports content. So if if one of our listeners, you know, didn't think end zone was even on or wasn't paying attention, what have they, what have they been missing these last three or four weeks? Yeah. So um, I was approached by my boss really um, back in July, I want to say, and preliminarily said, you know, what do you think? Can we still do a show? And I thought, that sounds crazy. I don't know how we're going to do a football show without football games. Um, but we kind of came up with an idea where we still cover the West Virginia teams that we cover, like, you know, when they play games, it's Petersburg, Pendleton County, East Hardy and Moorefield. And um, that's been good, but it's been tough there as well because over in West Virginia, I don't know if you guys have been seeing what's happened every week. The schedule is constantly changing due to their COVID rules over there. So that's been kind of a nightmare to kind of keep up with. And I feel like I'm texting the coaches every day. You still playing Friday? Are you still playing? Who are you playing? What's, what's the deal now? So we still got those games to cover, but then we decided to, um, you know, get some sit downs with some coaches um, and do some interviews with them through Zoom. Um, we kind of take the extended version of that and turn it into a podcast. Um, but air that on our um, end zone shows. Then we decided, you know, if if the schedule happens as it is for the VHSL, there's no way we'll have time to preview the football teams in the spring um, because we'll be coming right off basketball and there's just not enough time before the season. So we figured, why don't we take this time in the fall? check in with all the local Virginia football programs. I mean, most of them are still doing workouts and still getting together in some sort of way. So that's been good. We've been able to preview. I think we've done 10 or 12 yeah. schools so far. I can't remember exactly how many. Um, I think it's 10. Um, but, yeah, and we're getting around to all of them, and that's been pretty good to check in with the coaches and players. They seem to enjoy that. Uh, doing a fun thing called Friday Flashback where we're kind of taking a look back at some um, big games or big moments or big seasons by teams. Um 
in the Valley. Um, we're we're kind of keeping it relatively newer when we look back um, just due to finding easy access to videos. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that as easy. Oh, you got to you know, some JJ clips, man. Yeah. You got to get JJ Davis on there at some point. I know, I know. So that's, that's kind of why we've been doing that. Um, and and uh, would love to try to maybe look back and see if we can find something from the 90s or 80s. Yeah. But just the, te- the technology, unfortunately, just creates some challenges for us there. Um, Go back and find, actually find video of Robert Casto on Endzone. Those will be fun. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do that. Um, but yeah, so that's um, so that's been fun to do. And we still do our Beyond the Huddle. And we still do a little look ahead to like the college games that are going on the next day. So looks a lot different. It's a lot shorter um, than what we would normally do, but it's a way for us to still do a little high school football coverage in the fall and, and put our own spin on it. And we call it Endzone 2020 because hopefully this is the only year we have to do something like that. So you mentioned before we go to the Virginia schools and especially the schools that matter to our listeners, uh, you mentioned the West Virginia stuff with the schedule constantly shuffling when those games are being, you know, having to change, are those things where they're looking to just play those same games later? Or are they just saying, all right, that's it. We're not playing that team now because of this. And we'll just play how many ever games we get and we'll go from there. So uh, for the most part, if a game isn't played, it's going to get canceled. Um, I I don't know for a fact. There may have been some games um, rescheduled here and there. But for the most part, the teams in our area, it's just gotten canceled because of there's limited time to get the season in. And um, and that's just kind of how it's worked. And the nice thing, I shouldn't say nice, but the the thing that they've adapted to over in West Virginia is they, they made a rule this year where there's no a minimum amount of games you have to play to make the playoffs. Um, and so that's important because, you know, a team may lose three or four games, but maybe they're six and oh, and it's like, w- what do you do there? Um, but then again, there's some teams over in West Virginia and some of the counties that are outside of our viewing area that they just started playing last week, or maybe they're just getting on the field this week. It's kind of been crazy. It's literally a week by week situation with the way it works in West Virginia is they have a map um, that the, uh, the, the governor's office for the Department of Education, I'm not sure exactly, maybe the health department puts out this map every Saturday evening, and depending on what color your county is, that tells you if you can play football that week or not. And <laughs> also, but you could, be a, you could be a color that says you can play, but you can only play other teams that are the same color as your county. Or So it's been crazy, and that's what's happened a lot for the teams in our viewing area. It's not that they haven't been able to play, is that the teams on their schedule have not been able to play. Um, so that's, that's, that's been most of the cases that we've dealt with um, for, for our local schools. So when I say it's been a, a headache and a nightmare, it really has for us. It's been for the coaches, the ADs. I'll tell you what, it's been incredible over there. They're able to get a lot of games rescheduled on short notice. So uh, we just, just earlier tonight, Pendleton County's coach texted me and they had just lost their game. And then tonight he texted me and says, we found someone. So um, just wow. you, you got to be flexible. You got to be able to adapt, and you just got to be ready to roll with the punches. And I think we've all learned that over the last six months or so. Looking at your podcast, uh, it's it's a good one. I enjoy it. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you and say I've caught every single one, but I've caught <laughs> quite a few of them. And um, yeah, you've had some people we've had on here, and you've had some people I want to get on here. So I probably just need to you know use that connection right there. But uh, it looks fun. It looks like you know a different way for you to to bring sports information, to everybody. Yeah, it's been really cool. I'm a huge podcast um, listener, I guess you would say. Um, I enjoy listening to all different types of podcasts, whether they're sports-related, crime-related. You know, there's true crime ones that you hear that are so popular. I, I'm a big movie fan, so I listen to some podcasts on reviewing movies and things like that. So I've always wanted to have my own. 
but it's just so hard to find the time and um, and, and how do you do that on top of your, your regular job? Uh, but this fall, I found out, I thought, why not? This is a good time. Yeah. Um, we've got a little bit of extra time on our hands. And our, our, my boss is always really pushing, like, let's do more digital beyond what we just see on TV type of stuff. And so it's been good to take some of those clips out of it and air it on TV and kind of say, hey, go check out the full conversation right now, whether it's on our website or on our um, um, on our Spotify uh, playlist or, or, or Spotify home for our podcast. So it's been cool. It's been, it's been fun. There's a lot of guests I want to get on. Still, I have a long list on my phone that I kind of just came up with one day when I was sitting around and, and it's been good trying to do a good mix between, you know, high school and JMU and uh, EMU and Bridgewater, try to get, you know, guests on for maybe um, a little bit of everything as, as best we can. And, and sometimes try to do a timely guest and, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to get some of the guys from the Daily News Record on up in Harrisonburg to kind of share their insights on JMU football yeah. or high school sports. And so that's been pretty good. And and that may be something that becomes a little bit more regular when we get back to football season. So yeah. it's been cool. It's been fun. It's a little extra work, you know, but hey, it's it's something to kind of get some sports content out there right now where we all know, you know, it's slowly coming back on a national level, but still in the Valley, we're, we're hurting for some sports right now. For sure. So in terms of the high school teams in the area, um, we'll start up in your area of the Valley District, Harrisonburg. Um, who are the teams that are you expect when we start to get to play, assuming you know nobody is out due to COVID or anything, that we expect to see at the top of the Valley District? Is it going to be another year of Harrisonburg, or is Spotswood going to be at the top? What are we looking at there? I, I would say we're probably expecting some of the same – teams to be near the top spots would lost a lot from last year, but they bring a lot back and Dale Shiflett, their head coach just created a program really that just reloads more than rebuilds. I mean, I stopped by one of their workouts and they just look like football players. And, and so spots going to be good. Harrisonburg is, I think got a chance to be pretty good this year as well. They're, they always have great athletes at spots or excuse me at Harrisonburg with the speed they're able to put on the field. They have a new head coach this year in Josh Carrico, who's a former blue streak and, they're excited about him. And the thing to keep an eye on with, with Harrisonburg is they have maybe the best quarterback in the Shenandoah Valley this year in Keenan Glago, who's came on last year as a sophomore and really, really performed well. It can really throw the ball deep. You know, it's pretty mobile as well. And, and they're expecting big, big things out of, out of Glago. And keep an eye on Rockbridge County as well. I mean, that's a team that is always solid. I would expect Rockbridge County to also be in the mix towards the top of the Valley district. But when you look at the other teams, Turner Ashby, um, they had such a great year last year and they've lost some really key players from that team, but they had a bunch of core defensive players who were sophomores last year and they're all year older. So Turner Ashby could be a team to watch him. And I think kind of a wild card in all this is Broadway um, because they struggled in year one under Danny Grog, but they've got some athletes They've got who Danny Grog believes is the best player in the Valley, and that's Nate Tunnell, who's a wide receiver, tight end, defensive end combo, who's gotten quite a few offers from some Division three schools. I know there's some Division one schools that are looking at him as potentially a walk-on. Um, and then Waynesboro, you know, it's not going to be an uphill uh, fight for Waynesboro, yeah. but they've got a new head coach, and there's excitement. They've gotten, you know, over 30 kids out at um, workouts that's and things good. in the offseason, and and their new head coach, Brandon Jarvis, thinks that it's possible to get as many as 50 kids out to play this That'd year, which would be remarkable. Yeah. That'd yeah. be remarkable for that program after they underwent last year. So for Waynesboro, I wouldn't measure it as much in wins and losses this year. It's more just, are you getting better and are you getting more kids out? And it seems to be that they're doing that. So I really think the Valley is wide open this year. I would say Spotswood, Harrisonburg, Rockbridge County are probably your three teams that are favorites at the top. But Broadway and TA, I think there's a lot 
to, to be decided there. I think there's a lot of unknowns there. In Waynesboro, again, I, I don't expect them to compete for a championship, but I expect them to be better and just more excitement around the program as they may move on to the Shenandoah District next year. So are they doing like the Shenandoah District in terms of scheduling a district plus one kind of deal? Yeah, it's the same same exact thing. Um, teams in Valley District are all scheduling one non-district game. For example, Broadway is actually going to head down and play Stewart's Draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some of those off my head. Yep, yep, exactly. So, so there's a couple of those kind of cross Shenandoah District Valley District matchups. So yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where they you know they were left with that one game to try and fill. So I think all the teams have filled it. At last check, Harrisonburg was still working to find a team, um, but they may have found that by now. Yeah, the Gap has a similar thing down here. They're, they're mm. the last team looking for a game down here. Talking about Gap, talking about the teams down in the Shenandoah, what's your outlook there? I mean, it's it's easy to look at the top and not be too confused, but uh, you think draft will be contending it back again? And then what else do you see happening in Shenandoah? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Shenandoah district, it's no secret. Riverheads yeah. is the favorite. They're going to be the favorite year in and year out until someone knocks them off, right? And so Riverheads will be good again. It's just a machine what Coach Cast was able to do there. Um Stewart's draft lost a lot from last year, so they lost that great senior class. Um, but then they also lost Will Jones, Division One prospect, mm-hmm. and transfers to IMG Academy, and, and he was kind of put in a tough situation where you know, yeah, what what's what he supposed yeah. to do? Do you wait and see what this happens with the season, or do you take this opportunity? I think he made the right choice for him. It's unfortunate for Stewart's draft and head coach Nathan Floyd that they lost him. Um, but I even talked with Nathan Floyd a- about that stuff, and you know, he understands how, oh, yeah. how that all he works. Yeah. And and um and and so I but I still think Stewart's draft is going to be a pretty good team. They did lose their quarterback Henry Cook as well, who's now at the Miller School pursuing a baseball career. But Aaron Nice, in my opinion, is one of the top running backs in in the area coming back next year. And they've just got a lot of really really good players who, um, you know, got a lot of good experience last year and played in the state title game. So I think Stewart's draft is still going to be a team to keep an eye on when you look at the top of the Shenandoah district. And then when you look at their defense was so young. I mean, that's what I keep always talking about with draft is like a lot of those guys they lost were on offense. So on defense, Mm -hmm. a lot of those pieces are back. And and that's a, that's a program that has traditionally a strong defense. So. Yeah. I think Stewart's draft is going to be going to be just fine. Does it hurt losing players like that? Of course. you can't just replace talent like that, but I think they're going to be okay. And then when Everybody you look at the loses rest, talent. <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. it's high school sports. Every year yep. you're going to replace a class. And, and when you look at the rest uh, of um, of the Shenandoah district, I think Buffalo Gap will be solid. Again, they're always a team that seems like they're solid. Um, and they're in year two with Brad Wygant, so you know, it's going to be a little more familiarity there. It's year two as well at Stanton um, for uh, Jake Phillips, and you know, I, I think they'll be improved. Wilson Memorial's got a new head coach. I was stopped by one of their workouts, and they've got a ton of kids out. So that's a good sign for Wilson Memorial. Um, and then Fort Defiance, and, and Fort's a team that I haven't really gotten into uh, to learn much about yet. I'm actually going to be talking with, hopefully, their coach this week. Um, so Fort, I really don't know a lot about yet, and I know they lost some really key players off last year's team, but but who knows? But I would say Shenandoah District, it's going to come down to Riverheads and Stewart's draft at to the top, in my opinion. But I think those other four teams could all be really improved from last year. Yeah, and you'll talk to Dan Rolfe, and, and you'll feel a lot better about Fort Defiance. He, he's such a good promoter of that program. Yeah. And that's something interesting about Fort Defiance. Like, even though they went through that really low stretch where they were losing 30 straight games and all that, they've always had good numbers. He always gets kids out on the field, and they stay involved in the program. And so that's why it was kind of really nice to see them play so much better uh, last year was that he was always such a positive guy, even at the lowest. It was kind of, it was due, and, and it was good to see. Yeah, no, I, I expect I expect them to be okay. And so, 
I'm really excited about it. And then, you know, up in the Bull Run District, where we have a bunch of teams that are in as well. That should be fun and exciting. Loray, East Rock, Page County, Strasburg. Uh, Stonewall Jackson has a new head coach this year, so there's some excitement around that program. So, really, just I just want to see us get our teams back on the field, man. I'll yeah. tell you what, we're ready for some football. So, looking at basketball season, because that's that's the sport that's coming up first, and you, you touched on that. It's why you won't be able to do the previews. Uh, right before football season, uh, you look at Tyler Nickel at East Rock. I mean, that's just obviously the guy. Uh, who else are you looking at in terms of Valley District and Shenandoah District as players in that our listeners and other fans of high school basketball will want to be paying attention to? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, obviously Tyler is in a category by himself, and and everyone knows his name. Yeah. But beyond that, I think, I think a player that I just did a story recently on who's got a chance to really have a breakout year is Jackson Hartman over at Wilson Memorial. Um, his dad's obviously the head coach, Jeremy and, um, and Jackson's actually been getting some division one interest um, this off season. Some, some Ivy league Patriot league schools are interested in him and some, even some power five schools have reached out and said, you know, maybe want to get to know you a little bit and, and do all that stuff and begun the recruiting. So um, I think Jackson Hartman at Wilson Memorial is someone to definitely keep an eye on. Um, I would say a name that I brought up for football, um, for basketball season as well, would be Nate Tunnell up at Broadway. Um, he's a player that I think has a chance to be to be pretty special on the basketball court as well. And he's already been pretty good on the basketball court over the last few years for Broadway. Um, at Spotswood, Carmelo Pacheco is um, a player who really had a great year last year, and I think he's only got a chance to continue getting better and better as he moves on. Um, and, 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 you know, Eastern Mennonite school up in Harrisonburg has got some really good talent throughout their roster. I would say that team's got a chance to, or a lot of players in that team have a chance to be pretty good. And, um, a player that was kind of a little bit, um, under the radar last year, but in my opinion, has got a chance to be pretty, pretty good player. And he's, um, done well, it seems like in, in the off season is Jason Walker. He's up at Harrisonburg high school and he's kind of a big point guard, um, six, four, six, three, six, four, maybe even six, five but he runs the point guard. Um, he's a really, really good player. And, and I feel like I'm probably missing some names here and there, yeah. honestly, right now, because I haven't gotten my mind quite into basketball mode yet, <laughs> yeah, um, to be you. honest with you. But, um, We're just missing but football. The, yeah, exactly. But the, and, and since I've been talking with all the football programs, they um, yeah. that's what's fresh in my mind. But those are some of the names that really stick out to me. And if I sat down and, and thought about some more other ones as I try to think here. Well, I mean, when I, when I think of um, – uh, you know, just really good players. Um, I, I just think there's a chance that we see a, a bunch of new faces first on the scene this year in high school basketball. I really think that's an opportunity that we might see out there. So I'm probably forgetting a bunch. And if anyone's listening to this and they're upset, I don't remember your name. doesn't mean I don't think you're a good player. It's just right now my mind isn't quite in, <laughs> in, in basketball mode yet. Well, we didn't put that in the spot that one, I guess. But yeah, the, the parents, uh, we'll, we'll get to know. All of us will get to know your kids when you perform well this year. Yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> so to get you out of here, two quick questions, and this is uh, taking it to the professionals and uh, seeing what your picks are here. And what started as a question last week when I asked you to be on, uh, it's more turned into, does the Miami Heat, do they win another game in this series, or does the Lakers take them out? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, in my opinion, I don't see them winning another game, but I don't know. Like, I – I've watched the series and I've paid attention, but I haven't watched it close enough to know, like, if I think they're good enough to win another game or not. I mean, 
I just think the Lakers, when you get LeBron James upset, that's usually not a good yep. thing for the opposition. Nope. So, so and he obviously wasn't too pleased at the end of the last game. So I expect the Lakers to win the next two and close this thing out. Um, but I mean, if anything has taught us this year, you know, whether it's the Miami heat or just the year 2020, just don't count anything out at this point. Major league baseball, who you got? Oh man. Now you're, now you're, uh, digging the knife in for me because I'm actually a big Cubs fan and the first round of the playoffs was brutal. <laughs> and sadly, um, we, Joe and I both predicted that one to happen in the first I, round. Well, so it's, it's, it's funny for you tonight. It's funny because <laughs> um, before that se- series started, I said, I don't feel great about this team because the Cubs could not hit all year. And I was like, I don't even know how we're the three seed. But anyway, but moving on, I mean, I, this sounds like such a chalk pick, but the Dodgers, I just don't know how you can pick against that team with their offense and their pitching. That's who I like. I shouldn't say I'd like, that's who I would pick to win it. But, uh, you know, whoever comes out of that Rays um, Yankees series as well, I mean, be, be ready for that as well. Yeah. So I, I would say the Dodgers, in my opinion, have been the favorite all year. Um, but baseball, especially in this situation we have right now, the season has been so crazy and so wacky. It wouldn't surprise me if the Oakland A's won it all, you know, so, so we'll see what happens, but I would pick the Dodgers right now. Well, they would have to take Houston out on the way, which would make us all happy. So that's that'd be good. <laughs> My funny that's line great. of the weekend, uh, talking about the Cubs, we had, uh, I guess they get, that, that's here was already done, but for some reason we were talking about the Cubs going out and I said, they should have, you know, everybody feels so bad for uh, Bartman and the whole ball catching thing. It was the last time they played the Marlins and everything. And uh, our, our good people at least feel bad for him. Other people, you know, send him death threats. They should have just let him sit in the stadium by himself for that series. <laughs> just like, hey, man, you, you'd be the only guy in Chicago. You can sit there and watch it. That's his payback for ruining your life 20 years ago. So. Exactly. And, like, we, we exercised the demons back in 2016. So anyone who's still upset about that, I mean, don't get me wrong, that was a uh, that happened in 2003. And I'm not embarrassed to say this. I didn't go to school the next day. I was that upset. But I, uh, uh, you know, we're over that now. If you're if you're a Cubs fan out there and you're still upset at, at Bartman, you know, okay, it was an unfortunate situation, and any fan would have done the same thing. I keep yes. saying that. From oh, the well, that's the thing. Like, you look at the yeah. picture, and he he's not the only one reaching out for that ball. He's just the only one that touched it. <laughs> and and a lot of people forget this, and I don't because I'm a it Cubs the Eric fan. It was the Eric shortstop by yep. Alex Gonzalez, who was my favorite player on the team, and he had led the league in fielding percentage that year. <laughs> and people forget that. People forget that. And that's really, to me, what was the key play. Because you feel that toss turn two, we're out of the inning. That yep. was the key play. But it was because Bartman was on TV and Moises Alou overreacted, which probably shook up a young Mark Pryor on the mound in the NLCS trying to pitch his team to history. Anyway, uh, I'm over it now. <laughs> you sound over it, in, yeah. 2000, <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that, that's how I feel about all that. But I, I always like to tell people, don't forget the error by the shortstop. And look, I loved Alex Gonzalez. He was my favorite player on that team. But it wasn't just Bartman and really wasn't his fault anyway. Well, that's some good takes there. Uh, thanks for catching us up on everything you're doing because you're a busy, busy man. Uh, I will plug for you. Everybody should be listening to your podcast, checking that out and all the – digital stuff that's available on whsb.com um, and anything else that you want to promote. Uh, but yeah, we, we appreciate all that you do at TV three and uh, we look forward to seeing you on there more. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. If you have a chance to check it out, it's called timeout with TJ. Um, we, we post the video interviews on our website. The podcast is available on Spotify, hoping to get it on some other mediums here soon, but um, 
It's on Spotify right now. And check out End Zone 2020 Friday nights at 11. So it's during the 11 o'clock newscast this year. It's not after the 11 o'clock newscast. It takes over about 11.15, 11.20 or so. And we'll be doing that through the first Friday in November. So it's still got a few weeks left. We're about halfway through. So we got five weeks left. So if you have a chance, check it out Friday nights at 11 and, and tune in and see some sort of high school football coverage. It looks a little different, but it's something. There you go. Well, TJ, thanks for coming on with us. We look forward to having you again. Great. Thanks, guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the D-Block. Again, we want to thank TJ Eck uh, before we get into the D-Block. We want to thank him again for coming on to talk to us about all kinds of high school sports and uh, giving us his take on the NBA and MLB as well. I mean, it's a hard time for a local news TV anchor, for sure, with all the local sports, particularly in a place like Harrisonburg, Virginia, not happening. Uh, I'm really pumped that he's putting so much effort into making the most of it. So, All right, Leland, what is dominating your life? Dominating my life is really cool follow that I have. MLB Cathedrals is a Twitter handle, at MLB Cathedrals. I'll retweet something that they got going on right now. The reason I'm calling it out this week is because they're doing the best and the worst of each stadium in Major League Baseball. So that, you know, they're just going through one stadium at a time um, throughout a day. It's been the last two days and keep going. Um, they'll take the best thing in the stadium, whether it's you know, the the view from these particular seats or that the suites in PNC Park ain't underneath, so they're not really in the way of other seating, or the video board is really cool. Or then and then it takes the negatives where, you know, probably the Astros would have been their hill in center field before or something, and uh the overhang at other school, you know, and it's just how they look at it. And and they they do some cool things on this Twitter feed. I, they recreate stadiums. Um Stadiums for Ants is like another thing they got going on with that. So it's a really cool um, thing to follow on Twitter. So at MLB Cathedrals, and I'll I'll retweet something this week just to give you a chance to find it. Um, but I really recommend that follow because it just I, I like different stadiums. You know, I have the dream of trying to hit every single stadium at some point in my life. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I wouldn't mind at least trying. So uh, it's just kind of cool to look into different stadiums no matter they're close or far. It's just cool to know. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen occasionally them tweet stuff. That's pretty cool. I think you sent me a picture of Baltimore when they were starting construction of Camden Yards yeah. Yeah. Uh, that they had done. And that was pretty cool. So that, that is a good follow. They do stuff all the time, especially like historic pictures. Like, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, what I really like is, you know, as they're building three rivers or like when three rivers was there and they had started building the baseball park and then Heinz stadium and like all three parks were there. And then they'll also show the blow up stadium things. You know, it's just, it's a cool follow. Uh, what is dominating my life is Fargo. Um, I've been getting back into it. I never did watch season two. So I finally finished season two. Um, I had watched season one when it came out originally I rewatched it, watched season two. I think I've seen season three before, but I'm going to go back and go ahead and start it again just to be sure. Um, but the Chris Rock season, I think, is season five. That just came out. Um, so I'm super excited uh, about uh, trying to finish the seasons I haven't seen to get to that one. Um, in fact, if I've seen season three, I might actually skip it because if it's what I'm thinking, I don't remember it being great. Um, but season two was pretty good season one with billy bob thornton is phenomenal um but 
uh, season five with Chris Rock, I, I'm interested in. So that's what's fueled the rewatches. But so are you are you rewatching before you get to season five? Yeah, even though they're not technically connected. intertwined yeah. or connected, yeah, I I kind of would just want to watch them anyway. Um, yeah. So that's what we watched. We watched the first episode of season five with Chris Rock, and we're into the second episode. We got pulled away from it. Mm. Um, Have you seen all I, of them so far? No, no. This is our okay. first season of Fargo. I, I think I saw the movie, and so I, I get the vibe of it. Um, I never got drawn into the show. I, I, I like FX shows generally. Um, there's been plenty that I've liked. Um, and even the ones I haven't liked, I think I respect that they're they're good television. But Fargo, with, with the Chris Rock, this, this storyline pulled me in. The people involved... Um, Timothy Oliphant's going to show up, so I'm looking forward Ooh, to that. Oh, yeah. I didn't so, know that. Okay. I haven't seen that yet, but he's coming. So, well, when, uh, Yeah, when this season's over, I do recommend going back and watching season one, because, again, I, that is a good season. Yeah. Um, season two, I, point, season two if you have time. One of my, yeah, at some, at some point, this was going to be my Dominate My Life, and maybe when the season ends, it, it will be, uh, or when you catch up, if we're at the same point, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going slow. So what do you know that we need to know, Joe? Uh, well, I saw a tweet that was just, what I've learned is there's a lot of people that think they know a lot about uniforms and sports fashion, and they don't. Because I saw someone tweet out, like, Virginia Tech needs to wear that orange helmet and orange pants combo. No. Um, under no circumstances should they ever wear an orange helmet again. And I don't really love the orange pants. I don't really like the orange jerseys. Um. I don't mind there being orange in the uniform. I just don't think it should be the main color of anything we're doing. Um, and it's not because I hate the color orange or anything. It's just I think it looks bad. So, and it got me to thinking what it what I've always wanted. I want Virginia Tech to just go back to the basics. Go back to what we wore during the Corey Moore and Michael Vick years, 1999, the maroon jersey, and look, it's a little different, especially in today's day and age, but the numbers are actually, instead of being on the shoulder, they're on the sleeve, and the sleeve numbers are orange instead of white, like the front and the back. Um, and then the helmet's just the solid maroon uh, helmet and the white pants. Like, Wear that. And if you want to throw in maroon pants just, you know, to go crazy one night for a big primetime game and maroon out, fine. Do that. That's fine. Uh, Other suggestions that I will also accept. In addition to that, I I have no problem going with the uh, 2004 to 2006 look where, uh, I you know, the player I would compare that to would be the Xavier Adibi years. uh, If you're looking for a player or Mike Emo actually was one that Xavier DB like that guy back there. Yeah. <laughs> that uniform's fine. I like that uniform okay. Um, you know, I continue to look around and you know, the 2008-2009 ones are similar except the the sides are that was the year they wore the maroon jerseys but the like the sides were orange. Um, basically just stop wearing what you're wearing now because this is my like when we started looking like the Indianapolis Colts for that one year, and then we started doing the what it is now, I don't love what we look like now either. Um, I I just kind of want 
to go back to like the 90s and early 2000s. Like that's the very plain maroon. Yes, that was my favorite. And again, like the 0406 ones, if you're looking to pizzazz it up a little, that's fine. I, I can live with that. Those jerseys were pretty cool. I just hate what we look like now. Like now we it looks like we try to have a throwback week every week, except it's dumb. Like I don't like that jersey, the way it's designed or anything. And before somebody says, oh, bring out those cool Nike combat jerseys, um, take all of those jerseys, burn them, take the ashes, and put them in the Marianas Trench where no one will ever find them. I hated those jerseys. The ones we wore against Boise State that game we lost. The black, the 2010 I black hated combat. those. And I know that's a crazy take among Virginia Tech fans because Virginia Tech fans just love things that look kooky and weird. Um but I hate those. And I just, no, never. And the orange, the uniforms we've worn, orange, by the way, go look at them. None of them are good. Zero yeah, uniforms are orange. good. I agree. I, well, the worst moment with orange I thought we had was the 2013 camouflage, where it was like the camouflage with orange, and it was the helmet and up, up at the shoulders. I thought that was tough. That was Very bad. Um, you could also say Old Dominion. That was the last time Any, Virginia Tech wore orange. Anything that happened that day is not An good. orange yeah. jersey. They wore the white helmets. I hope to God we never wear those too. I hate when we mess with the helmet. The helmet is great maroon. We, Please don't yeah. change the helmet ever. We used to do it with that Herman's Readers. We'd do the white out. <sighs> I hated that. Though. With the orange, I don't like I, Speaking I don't of, there. UVA... Do me a favor, UVA, while we're on uniforms. Just put the blue helmet on with the white V and the orange cross sabers. Don't be messing around with your helmet. Your helmet was actually... Isn't it an orange V? It is now, and I hate it. But because they rebranded. I actually liked UVA's helmet before. But then when they started like trying to mix yeah. it up and be like, oh, we want to put numbers on one side of the helmet. like That's dumb. I That reminds me, because who I, I was watching the game with Steve, and he was saying how they had the numbers on there and it reminded them of the football team. I saw a tweet or something or someone talked, it sounded like it was verbal, but they were talking to like that the Washington football team, when they re you know, when they get the mascot, that's not a football team mm -hmm. that they could do a different color. I think that would be the stupidest, but stay with maroon. You're the only team in the NFL that's maroon. Am I forgetting somebody? That it was our that guest. Wears? It was our guest last week that said that. Yeah. Oh, was it him? Mm -hmm. Well, he's an idiot. No, I'm joking. I mean, we disagree. Like, I, <laughs> that's fine. We do disagree. I also disagreed with that. I was like, mm -mm. But it's, it's fine. I mean, he would, if he was on here, everybody that's listening, I would say this if he was on here right now. I guess it just took me like a couple days to chew on it and be like, no, don't change it. You already have all these red, white, and blue teams. And that's what kind of way he was hinting towards was some kind of red, white, and blue or white and blue or red. Like you have those teams throughout the league, you don't need it. You the maroon is individual to the Washington football team. Leave it there. That's that's my opinion on that. That's my reaction to that. Anything else that he disagreed with, I'll leave alone. I'm gonna disagree with his Washington football team uniform opinion. <laughs> I I agree. But I mean, we disagree. I, I mean that's I mean uh, we're allowed fine. to disagree. Yes. Disagree. It's sports. I I just I think you're right. I don't I don't like it. Um, and, and what's your the idea of changing it? I just what's your oh saying about God. yeah yeah yeah. I, I just hate I hate the way we look now. I think that's one reason we never play to our potentials because we look so dumb. We <laughs> haven't. I'll tell you what. We're I good, think the good. looking at the uniform years. I think I'd have to go back and check, but I think the last time we won the ACC, 
was before we started looking like the Indianapolis Colts. Maybe we won one looking as the Indianapolis Colts, but we haven't won a lot. And I think we need to get rid of that look. I think that's part of the problem. There, I said it. Uniform team, do better. Maybe yeah. don't let Nike design it because that seems to be a problem. Although Nike did the ones before. Nike's done a lot of them, actually. Never no, mind. Not so I, it's not I a like Nike, Nike problem. problem. Yeah, Nike yeah. did some basic ones, the the ones that I like. Yeah. Um, Just the basic maroon. Like, all maroon everything is always my favorite. I don't. So the triple stripe helmet is stuff that you don't like going on. Fine. But yeah, if we, yeah, I would love it if we came out in like a 99 maroon, just one game. That would be, I would love it if we did it like forever, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, if one game, if one game, if the UVA game in Blacksburg, we came out and we 99 it and just came out and put 99 on them. Like I would love that. (laughs) I would I would love it. That would be the one game I would just get totally jazzed for. And you know what? Put Big East on the helmet, too, when you go out. <laughs> just totally, totally pay a fine or whatever to put Big East on the, on like the, little, the little piece of the helmet that, uh, that says ACC on it or whatever. I guess it's on the back now. But just put Big East on the back and just go out and just steamroll them. <laughs> All right, my what I know that you need to know is I brought up Wally Pip a couple weeks ago, uh, and I had this sitting here last week ready to go, but there was some other stuff to talk about. Um, so Wally Pip, the reason his name is famous is because like he's the person everybody always, or not everybody, usually older generations go back to as you know the guy didn't play one day and then he lost his job. And, and the reason it's this case that gets represented is because Lou Gehrig is the guy that stepped in for Wally Pip. And then Lou Gehrig played, you know, 2,130 games from then on. And we all know uh, Cal Ripken broke that streak later, but Lou Gehrig still infamous and legendary, a great baseball player, um, played every day for years and, and great things. What I found interesting uh, is – what the real story of it I quickly want to touch is that it wasn't just one day Wally Pipps didn't play and then Lou Gehrig took over. It was something that kind of brewed the season before uh, Wally Pipp wasn't playing extremely or very well and they'd sub Lou Gehrig in some, but then Wally Pipp had the job back. And then the next season there was a little bit of time and uh, they had Wally Pipp was starting. And then Lou Gehrig one day uh, played in his place because the legend has it that Wally Pipp asked for an aspirin from like a trainer. I don't know what the trainer in the thirties is just a dude standing there. And the manager's like, Oh, well you take a day off. And then that's the legend that Lou Gary came in and then played every game from then. But, and then it, Lou Gary played so well from then on. Well, he had a good day that day. He had three hits, but then he was like over the next three days. And it wasn't like he just kept Wally Pip out of the lineup and Wally Pip was actually coming in, subbing in. He wasn't starting, but he was subbing in later in the game. So I just think it's interesting to hear the actual story there. Um, read up on it if you care to hear more. The reason I'm talking about this is because it really reminds me of my granddad on my mom's side. Um, he, uh, I didn't know when I was a, a very young as well because he lived in California and we lived here. Uh, but then he moved uh, here, moved into a retirement home in Stanton. And that's when I really got to know him. And so I was in middle school and early high school, and we really bonded over sports because that's all I was into. And that's definitely what he was into. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to call him out um, because I think I've already talked about watching in 1994, he came to visit and I 
I, I think at that time really just, I had met him a couple of times before and really didn't remember him as well. Cause I was a little guy when I'd met him. Uh, so that's like when the first we bonded over sports, that was that 1994 chiefs Broncos Monday night football game, which is like an all timer. I think I talked about that during the summer. Um, but he would tell these stories about sports. He would tell stories. And I, I believe he was the Los Angeles angels when they were in like the Pacific coast league before they were a major league baseball organization. He used to like, stand outside the stadium during the games when he was like a young teenager and then sneak into the games, like halfway through the game and stuff. I, that always stuck with me, um, that he would do that. Um, but always a big sports fan. He would get so upset whenever an announcer would call him the Niners. He, it had to be the 49. Like, why are you shortening? It's got, it's the 49ers. He just gets so mad that they would, uh, call the Niners. Um, he gets so confused because he always lived on the West coast. And so, especially back in his prime of watching sports, he'd watch stuff on tape delay all the time. You know, he'd watch whatever game happened at during prime time or whatever at the, at the right time uh, that suits ratings over there. And he didn't think anything of it. Well, technology being what it is. And then him moving to the East coast. I remember there was a Thursday night and I had friends from middle school that were at the UVA game. It was probably like UVA Florida state, probably a big game. Actually this one, um, he was just, he argued with me for half the football game that it was on tape delay. It's like, no, this game is happening. Over there. Look, they keep showing like it's similarly dusk there as it is. Like I kept trying to convince him and he's like, no, it's on tape delay. Like they show all these on tape delay. I was like, no, <laughs> um, but it was fun. And it was fun. Like enjoying sports with him, his uh, son, my, my mom's brother, uh, uncle, uh, my uncle, he yeah. uh, married, Adam Vinatieri's like aunt or something. So he always, he started rooting for the Patriots. Like as soon as all that started happening, uh, there wasn't too many years of that because we lost him around that time. But uh, I immediately didn't like the Patriots. So we'd argue about that. Like I just didn't, I didn't like what the Patriots were doing. So uh, we'd argue about that. So I, I miss him. I miss our bond of um, sports. Uh, but I also recognize a lot of places where my sports fandom has been touched by him and, very much with my love of baseball, that side of the, my family, both sides of my family really had a lot of love for baseball, but particularly that side. Uh, so I always remember that. I just kind of wanted to call him out here, kind of use this opportunity to, to do that. When I, when I, as soon as I said the words Wally Pip, like two or three weeks ago, I, I've probably been thinking about my grandpa a lot since then. Not that I don't think about him generally, but really thinking about him and what I wanted to say for this. So, uh, he'd probably be listening to this podcast if he was, so he'd be quite the old man now. <laughs> but he probably listened to it and probably probably hates you just for arguing with me. So, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. He's not the only person who's listened to this and probably hated me. So <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of my mom, my mom, my, I swear you're, you're the reason my mom listens. Is just oh, I'm to... glad Mrs. McRae listens. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Mrs. McRae's as well, even though I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting her. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's, she knows COVID's gotten in the way. <laughs> yeah. She knows that I'm right on a lot of these. So that's good. She's already got a leg up there. And uh, she mothered, she was your mother, and you you seem like a pretty good guy, even though we argue a bit on here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome about your grandfather and that you have those memories. I know I know my Virginia Tech fandom is all because of my grandfather and my mom's side of the family. They all went there. Uh, he helped build Lane Stadium, and so I, I get those memories. Yeah. And those those earliest memories I have are at Lane Stadium, going to football games with him, watching us play Rutgers or Boston College when it was the Big East. Um and Jim Druckenmiller Miller was the quarterback and and all those years and uh at Virginia Tech. So uh 
maybe that's another reason I love those uniforms so much is because of that. I don't know, but um, I, I, I get that. And that's awesome that you have those memories and you're able to share those here on the podcast with, with our listeners. Um, I'll, I do want to, you were talking about Lou Gehrig at the beginning with Wally Pip. And I do want to say this, um, and I can't take credit for this, uh, I guess, joke. Um, it's my brother's. Uh, but do you know why Cal Ripken being the Iron Man was inevitable to beat Lou Gehrig, the Iron Horse's streak? Why? Because the Iron Man has opposable thumbs. <laughs> there you go. That's 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 just a good one for all time. There, that's I guess a dad that's, joke. That is, yeah. That's brother, Brad. So. Brad says Brad is great at dad jokes. I mean, Brad'll maybe that maybe I'll try to remember to text him and try to get one each week. I've already got another one in my head. I'll go ahead and keep it in the chamber. But <laughs> you go ahead and take us out, Leland. Sounds good. Well, if you guys want more stories about our grandparents, you know this is the podcast for it <laughs> at Yak Sports Pod. On Twitter at Yak Sports Pod, on Facebook Yak Sports Pod at gmail.com is how you can tell us about your grandparents. And uh, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. And make sure you tell them people that not only do you get grandparent talk, you get local high school sports talk, local sports talk each and every week, even if we have to wait till the last minute before the podcast gets recorded to get one piece of high school news. We're going to get it on here because we that's what we're here to do is talk about the sports news that you, the Augusta County sports fan, cared about. We'll be back next week with more of just that. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.